Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Well, for the message today, we're going to be in the book of Luke. More specifically, we're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 7. But before we jump into the text, I have a question for you. Questions on the screen. Here it is. Have you ever received a gift you didn't expect? Have you ever received a gift you didn't expect? Now, let's be honest. It was just Christmas yesterday, so I'm sure many of us relate to this question right here. We probably just received a gift that we didn't expect. Maybe it was from Christmas yesterday or another Christmas or another holiday or anniversary, birthday, whatever it may be, um, a gift that you didn't expect. Now, also on top of that, I want to focus on the positive Like, I don't want to focus on the negative, you know what I mean? Like, when I say unexpected gift, what I don't mean is, yeah, I really wanted this new TV, and I got socks. And so at least my feet are warm, but that was unexpected. That's not what I mean. An unexpected gift, a good gift. I was was thinking, uh, growing up, this is going to be an honest moment real quick. Growing up, I really wanted to be a Power Ranger. If you don't remember who the Power Rangers are... Here's them right here. Here's a picture of them. Yeah, they were awesome. I was a 90s kid. What 90s kid didn't want to be a Power Ranger? That's what my grandma told me at least. I mean, that's, I, it's just, I wanted to be a Power Ranger. And I remember, I remember growing up, I, I loved the Power Ranger. I watched all their movies, all their TV shows. They were just so awesome to me. And one of my earliest Christmas memories that I have happened around five or six. Now, remember, uh, you know, I'm sure most of us who have kids probably know this or probably have some idea about this, but, you know, you don't have a lot of, you know, things that you know you can comprehend when you're that age, five or six, so you can't comprehend everything that you want. You just kind of go, I like that, and yeah, you know, and that's kind of how I was, but I, but I knew I loved the Power Rangers, and my parents knew I loved the Power Rangers, and so this one Christmas, probably my earliest Christmas memory that I have Christmas is wrapping up, almost all the gifts are gone, and then my parents turn the corner, and they're holding in their hand this gift, and they present it to me, and I thought I was out of gifts, I thought they were all up, and then I take my five-year-old hands, and I rip that paper off as fast as my tiny little hands will let me, and this is what was wrapped up the entire time, a white tiger saber sword that the white Power Ranger yielded to defeat his enemies. That's what was in there, and I remember getting that, holding that thing in my hand, and the rest of the day, I was jumping around, swinging, acting like I was a Power Ranger. My dad was telling me to calm down, to sit down. It was incredible. What a day. (laughs) It was completely unexpected. I didn't expect to get such an incredible gift. I didn't expect to get that, but yet I still did. It was just a thought that I had. Isn't that an incredible just characteristic, a trait of a parent to know what their kids want and need without the kid even having to ask? You just know. Just recently, my parents gifted me my grandfather's old Bible. Here's Here's an image of it right here. I was going to bring it with me, but it's pretty fragile, and I try not to touch it a lot just because it can break. But what's so, what's so incredible about this gift and what makes this gift so special is this gift, it doesn't hold any earthly value to it. Like, it doesn't have any wealth. Like, it's not some special Bible that I can go sell. But what this has is it has spiritual wealth to it. 
Because what I see when I look at this Bible is the faith that my grandfather had, and I'm reminded of his love and his heart for Jesus. And I get to open that book, and I get to see the notes that he made and the, and the things that he would highlight, and it spiritually, it encourages me. I, you wouldn't expect something so simple to bring such joy, but it was an unexpected gift that brought incredible joy to my heart. So let's revisit that question again. Have you ever received a gift that you didn't expect? Have you ever received a gift that you didn't expect? So I want to take a spiritual shift here. When we think about the heart of the Father, when we think about the heart of God, this is who God is. God is a great gift giver. That's who he is. When we, when we open up our Bibles, when we are connected to him through reading scripture, when we're, when we're in communication with him through prayer, his heart begins to be revealed to us. And what we find while we're in communication with him is that he is a gift giver providing us with things that we need in this life regardless if we ever acknowledge him, regardless if we ever even say thank you. He's still gifting us these things, and the reason is is because he's a good father and a great gift giver. I was thinking, uh, for instance, like we, we, we live in this pretty jacked up world, right? And, you know, and, and when God shows up, you know, I've been talking a lot of like, you know, materialistic items like toys and stuff, but the, the, the heart of this is deeper than that. And when we think of this world that we live in, we live in a pretty messed up world. I think we can all find common ground in that. We live in a world that's fighting over our attention, fighting over our hearts, fighting over our likes. They say things like, you should act this way, look this way, think this way, vote this way. This is what you should care about. This is how you should date. This is how you should marry. This is how you should do these kinds of things. And in the midst of all of that, God shows up and says, hey, this world, it's going to give you a lot of stuff, but here's what I'm going to give you. And here's his promise in the book of Ezekiel. It says, I will give you a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit in you. In the midst of the mess, in the midst of the confusion and turmoil and filth that this world has in it, in the midst of that, we have a promise that we get this amazing, unexpected gift from God of a new heart. There's another, there's another promise he gives us in John chapter 1. He says this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, here's the gift. He gave all of us the right to become children of God. He's given us this incredible, unexpected gift of an invitation to be a part of his family. To be a part of his family. And then lastly, I wanted to share this gift. And this is probably the most important scripture in the entire bible here it is john three sixteen. for god so loved the world he so loved you he so loved all of us that this is what his response was to that love that he gave his only son he had so much love for us that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life god gifted us his only son, his perfect son, 
to come and live amongst us, to live a sinless, spotless life, to die a sinner's death on a cross that he didn't deserve. Why? So that we could have the gift of not having to be defined or held down by our sins any longer. That is unexpected, that's undeserved, but yet the heart of the Father shows up and we're gifted with something incredible in the midst of it. Today, we're gonna be looking at a story, like I said, in the book of Luke, chapter seven, and this story that we're gonna be looking at, it's not particularly long. It's, it's easy to breeze over and breeze through, but in this story, what we find is we find this encounter this woman had with Jesus, and this encounter that she has with Jesus, what she sees is the heart of the Father through how Jesus showed up. Now, if you don't know where Luke is, if you're relatively new to the Bible or to your faith, if you have a paper Bible, it's towards the back end. So I would encourage you, if you have it, it's in the New Testament, you can follow along there. We pick up in verse 11. It says, soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nine, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the bear. They were carrying him on, and the bear stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. As expected, the title of today's message is An Unexpected Gift. And in this story, I see, I see a couple characteristics of the heart of the Father and, and how Jesus showed up and met this woman with an incredible, unexpected gift and what we can learn from that. And my challenge today for all of us as we, as we dive in is to, I want us to lean in. You know, we say, if you've been around here for the church, you've been around church for some time, you've probably heard people say that before, but I want us to lean in spiritually a little bit more because what we're gonna be discussing is the true heart of the Father. And, and I'm telling you, when we see the heart of the Father, our lives begin to change. And so if there's something in your life that you're, you're needing encouragement in, if you're needing change, if you're needing the Lord to show up, that can happen, but it happens when we lean in spiritually and we get to the, we get to the base of the heart of who God is. So that's what we're gonna do today. So before we jump into those things, would you bow your head and I'll pray. So God, thank you for being a great gift giver. Thank you for your heart of love and compassion for us. And so Father, I just wanna pray for us right now as we all spiritually lean in. We spiritually lean in to hear more of this great, unexpected gift that you have for all of us. So God, we pray that you be with us in the midst of this, that you're honored in our discussion. Father, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You can fill this in. First point, God's unexpected gifts reveal his love and compassion for us. God's unexpected gifts reveal his love and compassion for us. I see this in our text in verse 13. It says, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. 
Now, what's so interesting about this story is what, here's one of the things that we know. This woman that Jesus met in this story that they're speaking of, there's no account before this or after this of Jesus having any sort of history with this woman. Now, obviously, Jesus knew her. He was the son of God. He knew who she was, but they didn't run in the same circles. There's no account of them hanging out and going on walks together. There was no account of any of that. Jesus met this woman where she was at. And think about this pain that this woman might be in. Maybe some of us have experienced similar pain to this before. But this woman, if you just want to, this is painful, but if you want to put yourself in her shoes for just a second, this woman, she's just experienced a lot of loss. She's lost a husband, and now she's lost her only son. As her dead son is being carried out, she's probably walking, feeling a lot of emotions, like why is this happening to me, spiritually, mentally, physically? She's probably in a position of going, Lord, why? Where are you in the midst of this? God, I need you to show up. Why is this happening to me? She's probably crying and not understanding what is happening in the moment because she's had, she has this sense of loss. I've lost everything. And I'm sure there's many of us that can relate to some aspect of that emotion where we stop and we go, God, where are you in the midst of this? But friends, I'm here today to encourage you and to tell you that the truth and the reality is despite what difficulty we face in front of us, no matter what we feel, the Lord is meeting you there with love and compassion. He's there in the midst of what, we, of what we encounter, what we experience. This is promised to us in Isaiah chapter 43. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So you can fill this in. Our struggles aren't an indication of the Lord's absence. Our struggles aren't an indication of the Lord's absence. Unexpectedly, God shows up and he meets us where we are at with love and compassion. This is counterculture to things that we have been taught. But the Lord, he's, he's different, you know? He's just different. He meets us there with his true love and with his true compassion. It's unexpected. It's frankly undeserved but yet still he shows up i want to share a picture with you this is one of my friends here's a picture of him this is mo lloyd and that's his wife lisa and those are their two kids um mo is uh this family they attend uh the church that i was on staff at before this church in lexington kentucky and and i want to talk about mo for a second i love Mo. Can I just say that? I love Mo. Mo has the heart of a servant. When you think of the person who's at church before everyone else is getting it ready, Mo. When you think of the, who's the person that stays after to clean everything up to make sure the, the place looks presentable, Mo. When you think of the person that has a full-time job but yet still does 150,000 things for the church, that's Mo. Mo, I've served alongside him for many years. I love Mo to death. He loves Jesus. He loves the Lord and everything about his life 
just pours out, I want to do this for the kingdom of God. Over Thanksgiving break, I had the privilege of speaking at my previous church. And while I was there, I get off stage and the first person that comes up to me is Mo. We're friends. We still love each other. Mo comes up and he hugs me and we're talking and we get to, he asked me for prayer so I get to pray with Mo. It was an incredible, it was an incredible moment. Fast forward a few days, I'm, I'm at home, it's Wednesday morning, I'm getting ready for work. It's a normal Wednesday and I get a phone call that says that Mo was found dead in his bathroom by his 17 year old son there on the left. Unexpected. And, and I'll be vulnerable with you for a moment. I heard that, and I got off the phone, and I, I said, God, where are you? God, this man loved you. This man served you. This man had a wife. He had two kids. He had a family. He had a business. He had a house. He had things. He, he did so many great things for you. God, I need you to show up. As difficult as it was to understand in the moment, we have those vulnerable moments where we feel like, Lord, where are you in the midst of this? Now, I don't, I don't know what your moment is. But I want to encourage you with this. God met me. That's not the only painful moment that's ever happened to me. But God's met me in many moments. And God met me in that moment and reminded me of his love and compassion he has for me. And like I said, I, I don't know what your moment is. I don't, I don't know what your difficulty, what the obstacle is facing you. But I want to encourage you with this, that in the midst of that, the Lord sees you. His heart goes out to you. He knows about the report. He knows what those finances look like. He knows what that stress is. He knows about that kid you've been praying for to come see Jesus. He knows about all of that. And he's meeting you there in the midst of everything that we see in this life that's uncomfortable. And he's saying, hey, I'm meeting you there with love and compassion. I love you. I'm here with you. The truth and the reality is to see this true heart of love and compassion, this unexpected gift, to fully receive it spiritually, we have to make sure our posture is correct. We have to make sure spiritually our eyes are on the Lord, our eyes are on God. Because if our eyes aren't on the Lord in moments of difficulty, it's hard to see the heart of God if our eyes aren't pointed at it. There's a, there's a story about two men in the scripture, their, name is, their names are Paul and Silas. And this is a popular story, many of us have probably heard this before. And if you haven't heard this story, I'd encourage you to read. Uh, it's found in the book of Acts chapter 16 to read the whole account, but just to, sum, just to sum it up a little bit, Paul and Silas, they're in this town of Philippi, and they're going around, they're doing great things, they're doing everything that the, that the Lord had asked them to do, they're performing many miracles, and great things are happening, and in this, and in this town, they, they cast out this demon, and people get mad, and they get accused of causing an uproar, so they get accused of causing an uproar, and then guess what happens? They get beaten, stripped, arrested, and thrown in jail. Now, just so we can relate to that, imagine when you get out of here, <laughs> you get beaten, 
arrested and thrown in prison. And I called just like, hey, how you doing? He'd be like, ah, you know, things aren't going really well right now. Kind of difficult. I'm in prison. Just got beaten. Pretty rough. I'd say, yeah, it makes sense. So Paul and Silas are in this uncomfortable moment where you could say probably a big issue in that moment right there was that they were in prison, probably in pain, probably wondering, okay, well, how are we going to get out of this? But, but the great thing about this story is that in the midst of what they were facing, in the midst of what was in front of them, their spiritual posture remained on the Lord. We pick up in verse 25. This is Paul and Silas's response. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. In the presence of all that they were experiencing, their spiritual eyes were kept on the Lord. And when their spiritual eyes were kept on the Lord, they were met there with an incredibly, incredible, unexpected gift. They chose praise in the midst of difficulty. And the truth is, is that there's many of us in here right now that do this really well. When we say, hey, you got to keep your eyes on the Lord. You're like, I know, I'm keeping, I'm keeping, I'm keeping the faith. I'm going to keep praying, I'm going to keep doing this. So I just want to encourage you to continue on. There's others of us in the room that when things come up, when things get difficult, maybe this is a challenge to you. So my challenge to you would be to start. Spiritually position yourself in a way so that you can receive this unexpected gift of love and compassion in the midst of difficulty. I was, uh, that moment that I had with Mo, and again, that's not the only difficult moment but, you know, it, they get difficult, and sometimes it's easy to take our eyes off and, and to spiritually make sure we're aligned back in with the heart of God. It takes an effort on our end. Now, I've got, I've got many different things that I do, but one in particular, this is really simple, extremely practical, and maybe some of you all relate to me with this example, but one of the things that I like to do when spiritually I'm, I'm just, I can tell my eyes are off of the heart of God one of the things that I like to do is I like to worship. And I have a song that I go to. I have a song that I go to. It's a pretty popular song. I'm sure a lot of us have heard this song before. But the song is called How He Loves. And, and one of the reasons why I love this song is because the chorus of this song, it just repeats this truth over and over and over again. And as I'm listening to this truth over and over and over again, it brings me back to the heart of, yes, Lord, you do love me. Here's the lyrics. That he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. Pretty simple but powerful all in the same. And in the midst, every single time I hear that, it realigns me back into, Lord, you know what? I'm, you're right. I'm, I'm getting off base here. You do love me. That's one of the things that I do that's pretty simple. I was thinking about my wife. She has her chair. I call it her chair because I don't ever sit in it. It's just her. She's the one who sits in it. She has her chair that she goes to, and that's where she centers and finds herself back to realign her spiritual eyes to the heart of God. And I know what she's doing. And this, she, if you've never met my wife before, she's very quiet. She's very soft. She's very still. And so I, sometimes I'll get ready. I'll be getting ready in the morning and I'll walk by and there she is just still closing her eyes in her chair. Just realigning her heart 
back in with God's heart. I don't, I don't know what yours is. I don't know what you do or where you go or what you listen to. But the challenge is that we have to, we have to in the midst of all of this, understand that we cannot receive and comprehend the full capacity of this unexpected gift of love and compassion if our eyes are not on God, on his heart that he has for us. We have to choose to praise. We have to choose to do something different so you can fill this in. When we choose to praise, we reveal God's heart. When we choose to praise, we reveal God's heart of love and compassion. It's unexpected, this heart that we experience from God, but it's great. So as we close out this point, just bring it in the room. As we leave here today, I'd encourage all of us to take some spiritual initiative and incorporate this idea of choosing to praise in the midst of difficulty, practicing, going to God, and, and posturing ourselves spiritually in a position to see the heart of who God is, this gift giver that he is, and we get to experience his love and compassion firsthand when we posture ourselves in a place to receive that. So number one was God's unexpected gifts reveal his love and compassion for us. Number two, you can fill this in, God's unexpected gifts deserve a response of praise. I know on your handouts it's a little bit different, so you're going to need to write in deserve a response of praise. Deserve a response of praise. I see this in our main text in, in verses 16 and 17. It says, they were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Now, before we move further, I highlighted the word all in that text. I highlighted the word all because what I want us to do is I want us to look at the definition. I'm sure we could probably, most of us, come up with a rough definition of it. But here's the definition that I looked up of the word all. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. Now, I wanted to look at that word because this is the response that Scripture tells us that, that these people had that just witnessed the heart of God. Now think about that. The people surrounding this moment had just had a first-hand look at the true heart of God and this incredible gift giver that he is. And their response was awe and praise. There's no account of them going, hey, oh, that's pretty cool. Hank's back. That's, that's cool. Look, hey, wonder what he's doing later. Our buddy's back. No. Their response when they saw this was praise. They were filled with this, this awe. They were filled with respect and honor to God, and saying, what we have just seen, thank you, God. There's a great story in Scripture, just actually, it's, it's in the, still in the book of Luke, just a few chapters later, and it, the story is about these ten men who get sick. They're sick, and the Lord shows up, and it's, it's, it's really interesting. So here it is, it's, it's Luke 17, it says this, as he was going into a village, speaking about Jesus, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praised God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Let's pause for just a moment. One of my favorite things about scripture is seeing the response that Jesus has when things like this occur. Because Jesus is a pretty honest guy. And when I say pretty honest, he's really honest, okay? This is the response Jesus has in the midst of this. He says, Jesus asked, weren't all 10 cleansed? It's like, I, 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 I healed all of them, right? Where's the other nine at? Has no one returned? Has no one returned to give praise to God? Jesus gave these 10 men an unexpected, incredible gift of healing. He showed up, he revealed the heart of the Father directly to these 10 men, and out of those 10, only one came back. Only one came back, and there's a lesson in that. There's many, many, many lessons in that story. But, but I think one of the bigger stories that that we can learn from this is that I think the difference between those other nine and that one is that this one realized something. That what he had just received wasn't just for him. What he had just received was for, was for praise to God. That what he had just received was meant to be given back to God. What he had just been given was not just for him to hold on to and say, look what I got and let me move on with my life. He had received something and directly returned that to God. Now, to understand this, it takes, it takes a strong and honest spiritual and biblical understanding. And here's what I mean by that. Nothing that we have is ours. <laughs> I'll say that again. Nothing that we have is ours. Look, you got a great house, a great apartment, great car. That's not yours. That's a really nice TV. I, you know, listen, I, I like TV too. It's not ours. Nothing we have is ours. In fact, everything that we have, we've been entrusted to honor God and praise God with. It's not ours, it's His. And so even though we get to enjoy these things, all of it is meant to bring glory and honor to God. Even though we get to experience it, we get to live with it, it doesn't make it ours. So that's some earthly materialistic things that I'm talking about. But let's take it a step further. Let's talk about your personalities. Let's talk about our giftings, our talents, the things that we are really, really good at. All of that, guess what? That's not yours either. All of that, God has given you so that you can give back to him. All of those talents, those things that we are good at, we're not called to be people that just sit back and go, okay, this is who I am, and I'm just going to receive all that you have for me, God. We're called to recognize that nothing we have is ours and return it all to him in praise. In 1 Peter, it says this, each of you should use whatever gift, whatever gift, you know what whatever means? It means whatever you have received to serve others as, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And here is why. Here is why. So that in all things, all things, God may be praised 
through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You can fill this in. We can glorify God through our responses. We can glorify God through our responses. So that's the question in all of this, is what's our response to what we have been gifted? What's our response? Do we return with praise? Because here's, here's, just the, here's, the honest, here's the honest truth. We're always building. But here's a question to consider. Are we building our kingdom or are we building God's kingdom? With our lives, do our lives reflect a kingdom that we're building for us here on earth? Or are we building a kingdom for God? And I would, just, I would just encourage you with this today, friends, that you should ask yourself that question consistently. Am I building a, a kingdom for me or am I building God's kingdom? I was thinking of, a, of our team Vineyard members here at the church and man, I just, I appreciate you all so much. There's, there's so much, like I said, there's so much that gets done here at the church and it would not get done with you, without you all. So Team Vineyard members, thank you. Thank you for those that serve and lead. You all do so many amazing things here at the church and so we appreciate you for that. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to highlight one Team Vineyard member in particular. Uh, a lot of you all know him, but I, I know not everybody does, so here's a picture of him. His name's Chris Krimpak. He's a young man here at the church, and just like many of us in the room, he has a full-time job. He's got responsibilities. He has things that he has to do. He's got friends. He has responsibilities. He has things just like all of us. Now, Chris, the thing to know about Chris is that his life was drastically changed by the love of Jesus. His life was impacted by the love of Jesus. And this man understands that his life is not his own. He's living his life completely open-handed, saying, everything that I have is now yours. He serves on our sound team, our live video team, as well as many other teams around here at the church. And I share this story because just recently, there was an, there was an opportunity on our weekend scene where we were a couple positions in need. And, and Chris had this conversation with Philip, who's on staff here at the church, who oversees a lot of our technical things. He had this conversation, Chris did, with Philip. Now, this is, again, remember, this is a young man with many responsibilities and a full-time job and all these things. And, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but this is what Chris said to Philip. Whatever, you, whatever and whenever you need me, I'm here. If I'm in town and available, call me. His response to the things that God has gifted him with were, I'm gonna do whatever I can to praise God with all the time that I have. None of this is mine. I'm living my life open-handed. Sure, I could go home and rest and relax and hang out with friends and go do this and go do that and go do this and go do that, but you know what I wanna do? I wanna serve the kingdom of God. And a heart like that, the Lord answers He's living his life open-handed. So friends, my encouragement to you as we close this message out is this, is that we are called to give God everything that we have. Every aspect of our lives are called to, we are called to give God the best 
We are called to give God the best, the first, everything that we have, to live our lives open-handed as a response to this incredible gift of love and compassion and turn that love and compassion back to God and praise him in that. Why? Because he deserves it. He deserves it. So this might be the easiest fill-in-the-blank of all time, and some of you probably could have guessed it, but we're going to close out the year this way. You can fill this in. Give God your best. Give God your best. God deserves our best. He does. That's the simplest way to put it. He deserves our best. He deserves our first. He deserves what we have to offer. He deserves for us to give him everything that we have that he has given us. He's, we, he deserves us to give it back to him and say, God, thank you for that. So really quickly, there's a couple things I want to challenge us with as we close here. The first thing is I want you to thank God. And, and, and my hope for this is that we make this a part of, our, part of our everyday spiritual lives. We thank God. Say, thank you, God, for the things that you've given me. We should be saying thank you, God, more often. You know, I know I can saying thank you to God for all the things that we have given, been given, these amazing gifts. Thank God for that he is an amazing, incredible gift giver. Thank him for who he is, his heart of love and compassion he has for us. And then lastly, this is a dangerous thing to pray, but we should be praying this as well, is ask God, is there more? God, is there more? God, am I missing it somewhere? Is there something I could be offering that I'm not? God, is there something you want to do through me, but you can't because I'm not living my life open-handed? God, is there more? Friends, the heart of God, this incredible gift giver, is to meet us where we are with love and compassion. Why? Because it's who he is. He's a great gift giver who loves us And as a response to that, we're called to return our lives with praise and glory to God. So, to recap, God's unexpected gifts reveal his love and compassion for us and deserve a response of praise. So with that, you can stand. We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.